When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. My guest today on Stories Connect People podcast is Pam Brooks Crump. Pam shares her story of being in long-term recovery and how she is helping others today work through their own challenges with substance abuse and mental health challenges. Her story began as a child, and she bottled up a secret for 30 years only to discover that her sister had been carrying the same secret too her whole life. When she finally shared her story, the healing began. Stats show one in five people in the world have been a victim of physical or sexual abuse. Pam challenges us to be curious versus judgmental, to ask what happened to you versus what is wrong with you. She talks about the stigma of substance abuse and mental health challenges and shares how she is a certified peer specialist is helping others in their journey. Pam is also the author of Mia Inspired, a caterpillar at a crossroads based on the monarch butterflies. The ageless picture book tells the story of transformation. No matter what we are going through, we have the tools to survive. The butterfly can transform and can never change back to being a caterpillar. Listen to Pam's story with an open heart and maybe we will all learn how to ask for help or to be there for someone else in our life that may need help. Welcome, Pam, to Stories Connect People podcast. Well, hello, Pam. How are you? It's so great to have you on Stories Connect People podcast. My friend told me about the great work you're doing, which is uh, why I was so interested in interviewing you for the podcast. And you are helping people change their life. Um, So why don't you start uh, telling us a little bit about uh, you and maybe your background and uh, some of the work that you're doing? Uh, Sure, I would love to. Well, I am a person in long-term recovery, Polly. And um, what that means to me is that it's been 23 years um, of recovery from mental health challenges and substance use disorder. And so about five years ago, I found out that um, I could get certified because I had this lived experience in mental health challenges and substance use disorder, and I could um, get certified and then work on teams with people in recovery. The job that I ended up um, getting was really perfect because I had been an entrepreneur. I had done uh, trainings uh, with uh, entrepreneurs. Um, I had done a lot of networking. I had a networking um, company called Weekend, and um, it was uh, women entrepreneurs. Um, and 
spiritual spiritual entrepreneurs is what we called it and we mm -hmm. just um so we had um all of my experience brought me to this job that I do now which is I am the uh trauma informed care project coordinator for the Georgia Mental Health Consumer Network and so um over the last 3 years we have trained uh, 400 and 474 certified peer specialists like myself to um, be more trauma-informed when they are um, working with, with people who are in substance use recovery and mental health challenges. And um, so that, I think in a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> So what is so what would be considered um, uh, some things like you know trauma recovery or mental health recovery or I guess uh, substance abuse as alcohol drugs uh, trauma in your past life and some of those things? Yes, so um, about ninety to ninety five percent of the of the people that get are in mental health challenges or substance use. Um, disorder um, and substance use disorder is um, any type of uh, addiction to drugs, alcohol, um, that type of thing. And we, we just have so much of it here. And, and you know, opiates, um, it's just, um, it's been a huge, huge thing. But and, and alcohol is continues to be a huge, huge thing. Um, but trauma um, because 95% of, of the people that we see have had trauma, um, you know, it is really important that we, we treat people, um, so we don't re-traumatize them. Right. right and so, right. you know, um, trauma can be all kinds of things, um, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, you know, um, there is a study called the ACE study, um, adverse uh, childhood experiences. Um, and if you look, you know, you can Google that and it's, there's some really great stuff. And now there is, there is science, brain science that shows that trauma actually changes the brain. And so that um, not only for uh, people that have, that are doing uh, uh, substance use, use, using substances, but there is evidence that shows that a person who has had, you know, a certain number of traumas in their early life are going to be more likely to have lung, lung problems, asthma, um, uh, AD, ADD problems, mm. uh, cancer, you know, and it just all kinds of things. Um, and so there, there is there is science around it. You know, they, they, they used to think, well, no, that's just bad behavior. Mm -hmm. you know? So people that uh, get into substance use, that's bad behavior, but it, 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 these things happen for people who also are, have not chosen, you know, to, it's really self-medicating from trauma. Trying it, to make yourself feel better from everything that's happened in your life. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, Share a little bit about your background and what led you to um, getting involved in this um, in this work, and um, you know as much as you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah. So um, my background, um, 
you know, I had trauma. I had trauma. I was sexually molested by a family member. Mm -hmm. And um, this was a secret that I held until I was 30 years old. And um, and I did not understand. um, I, I did not. You know, in hindsight, you can look once once I was able to get that secret out. Um, you know, my life began to heal. My life began to heal. And I had began, I was very promiscuous, which is often what you see when people have been sexually molested. And we, as a society, it's sad to say, but this is why we're doing trauma-informed care. People judge. They say, what, you know, what's, why is she so loose? Why is she so, uh, why is she acting out? that way um, rather than saying if, you know, a 13 year old is having sex, there is a reason there is, I mean, people around, if you see something, if you see that behavior, please ask, ask what, you know, what has happened to you and what, what uh, the paradigm shift for, for trauma informed care, which is really just, people being respectful and and not being not having their judgment right up here you know right up in the front uh, of their mind saying what happened to you rather than what's wrong with you and i had a lot of people say that is such a great way to to reframe that um because people can be so judgmental and you know i know that you know when i connected with you um a few days ago before while we were setting up the the interview you talked about you know these aren't other people that you don't know i mean this could be people you go to church with or your neighbors or your family members or friends and people you work with and exactly. talk a little bit of about that because i think that that just makes us realize that it could be people that that you know are in our lives every day right well it is um Statistics show that uh, one out of five people in the world have had some type of sexual or sexual violence or uh, physical violence. One out of five. I mean, though that is that's the statistics. That's what it shows. If we can just put our judgment back and be curious rather than being judgmental. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we see and we see people acting out and we say, you know, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? Well, I can assure you that, first of all, hurt people hurt people. And there's a lot of ways that um, what we do to to manage our life, to really survive our life from trauma, their adaptations their adaptations, they not may not be, once I got into recovery, I realized these these behaviors are not helping me. But it, at the time, they were survival. They were survival. Um, and, you know, now I know um, that, you know, as every day in recovery, it's like, okay, is this, is this a behavior that is bringing me peace? Um, or is this behavior um, causing me pain and suffering? So that's that's a part of my everyday is to look at that, you know, um, and 
And so I think if we are just not as quick to be judgmental and, um, and it's just, it's, it's a great, it's, we call it the paradigm shift. And if, if you shift to that, you, it's really dropping down into your heart rather than thinking up here, why are they acting like that? Why are they so, you know, in P in, 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 in recovery, people are labeled, um, uh, hard to deal with, um, non-compliant, you know, she's a hoe, you know, stuff like that, rather than um, just, if you just step back just a little bit and, um, and be curious, be curious in a way that how, how can I support you? You know, how can I support you rather than, oh my God, you know, making those judgments? Well, I have a question on that, but first of all, I want to ask you, so, you lived with this for 30 years and you right. said you, you know, you didn't share it or whatever. Right. What was, what was the turning point for you? Was there something in particular that led you to get more comfortable with, with sharing your story? Well, it, there totally was my sister who was two years older than me came to me. I was, I was coming, I came home. I was living in California at the time came back to Atlanta for holiday, I think. And um, she said, you know, I want to talk to you um, about our grandfather. And I was like, I know, I know. She's like, no, 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 wait, no, 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 you don't know. I was like, oh yeah, I do know. And so we, the same thing had happened to us as children. And like I said, we had never talked about it to each other or to anybody else because this was a man who um, he was a, an award-winning principal in, in Atlanta and people loved him. I mean, we saw everywhere we went, we would see people and, oh, they, you know, they loved him. I mean, students that had had him. And so it was, it was when she had the courage to let out that secret, it gave me even I call that the beginning of my recovery, even though I did not totally stop using um, substances until um, about five years later, total, totally. But that was the beginning of my, my recovery because I was no longer alone with that secret. Well, I mean, it is powerful what the connection of, of human beings I mean, that true connection, I mean, that, and my sister and I are close and have been, always been very close. I mean, she's my best friend, but to have the courage, to have the courage to say, this is, this is what's for real. This is what's for real. And, uh, changed my life, changed my life completely. So it kind of leads to my question. It, so you and your sister are best friends, you're you're super close. You didn't feel comfortable sharing this with her. She didn't feel comfortable sharing this with you. Right. And it's so much of that is about it's fear. It's fear of judgment, of rejection, of people saying you're crazy, of people, you exactly. know, uh, uh, people, uh, you know, rejecting you. And, and so how, you know, what advice can you give people that can help them be able to, you know, just get this, I mean, it'll never change it, but just get this weight um, lifted off of you. 
Well, this is this is what I told my children. If someone does to something to you that feels does not feel good to you, I don't care what it is, you let people know. You let people know. I mean, it, you know, um, and so there there will be no judgment. There will be no, you know, I mean, what happened is for, for years and years and years and years and years, and we know this by the Me Too moment, the movement, is that people were not believed. You know, they weren't believed, so they were afraid to, to say it. Um, and um, what I know is that we have to be the person, you know, we have to be the person that says, um, I believe you. And, and 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 you have to have courage because it, um, you know, you're talking about people who like in a family where a, a family system, this really will, you know, changes things when you have to say, OK, um, this is what happened with uh, uh, with with my grandfather, you know. But the thing is, is that that it helps what I know is. Because I I was given that gift of, of my sister saying this happened to me. What has happened is that so many men and women have been able, because I share this, they've come up and they've come to me and they said, oh, my God, this happened to me. If We hope that it doesn't happen to you. But if it did, you know, anybody let somebody know, you know, let people know. And, you know, that that just reminded me of something. Can I share, uh, Polly, we have George Mental Health Consumer Network has got a 24-7, 365 days a year, has um, a warm line. And a warm line is different from a crisis line. Um, I've never is, heard of that. What is it? Okay, so a warm line is where... 365 days a year, 24-7, you can call um, this line and you will be able to talk to a person who has been certified like I am, a certified uh, peer specialist, mental health. We really are trained in being able to listen to people. We don't tell people what to do. We might brainstorm with them if they want to do that to problem solve, but Basically, we are to, we're there. So nobody is ever alone, ever, ever alone. And that, that number is 1-888-945-1414. This line is for people in Georgia. I don't know how far and wide your, your uh, internet goes, but your show, but it is, um, it is funded by the Department of Behavioral Health, Developmental Disabilities in Georgia. And so it is for Georgia. There are, and I'll list this in the show notes as well. Okay. Um, or any Georgia residents that find themselves in a situation where they want um, to reach out, reach out on this hotline for help. Yeah. And it's a warm line. We call it a warm because, um, you know, and we, if there was a crisis, we do a warm handoff to the crisis line if, you know, if needed. But this is so much of the time with, with mental health challenges and substance use challenges, people just isolate and they need to connect. They need to connect. I mean, we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction. 
Um, and so connecting to a human being, having a place where you are not judged because of what has happened to you, you know, um, and people have, you know, have traumas, childhood traumas, like we've talked about, but also in substance abuse, there's major traumas that, that happen, you know, and so people just need a place to be able to talk. And right now with this COVID, you know, people are isolated. And so this is a place they can talk. We also have, uh, our, our website is gmhcn.org. And we also on our main page there, virtual meetings. We have three virtual meetings a day for wellness. You do not have to have a diagnosis to come to those. If you are feeling stress, if you need to, to talk, if you need to share, if you are worried about your job, and so 40 million people don't have jobs. So, you know, if you want to talk about that, if you need to, whatever you need to talk about, that's what we do. And we do some creative things too. Uh, at one of the meetings is called Peer Connection and we do art and exercise and whatnot all together on Zoom. It's, it's just wellness, wellness. And it might just be that connection that people need if they're feeling alone. Exactly. Or isolated. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody has to has to be alone. And and also there's I want to address the stigma. I mean, it is it is so interesting to me how the stigma of substance abuse, the stigma of mental health. It's like we all have mental health. Okay. I mean, if you've ex if you've experienced stress in any way, that is a part, that's a mental health challenge. It might not be horrific for you, but all of us are, are uh, I would say a good, you know, majority of us with this pandemic are, expe are, are experiencing stress and fear, you know, and in some, in some, in some level or another, some greater for others, but I think we're all feeling it. Exactly. And so not to be ashamed of that. Um, and there's another thing that I that causes stigma. Um, and I grew up with this. I grew up here in the South and um, and I hear over and over from people that they will have family members say, well, you better go to church or you didn't pray enough. That's why you're you're um, having um, this addiction problem. That's why you're having this these serious mental health problems. And that absolutely is untrue. My understanding of God, higher power is a, a great part of my life. I mean, a great part of my life. But it, I don't have this because I wasn't praying enough. I don't have right. uh, substance use disorder and mental health challenge because I didn't pray enough. And um, we're doing work with the faith community on a state level, or on a federal level. Um, I was just on a, uh, a Zoom call being interviewed for, for one of those, the faith initiative, the Carter Foundation is doing some big work in that because one out of four people go, if they are having many mental health challenges or they are having substance use disorder, they go to their church, their mosque, their temple. And so we want for everyone to be trauma informed. I mean, and if you tell somebody that, you know, that it is a uh, bad behavior 
poor uh, willpower, that type of thing, you're going to send people out not being able to get the help they help they need. Um, so we're, you know, we're working with that. And there's a lot, I mean, churches do so much. The churches, temples, mosques mm-hmm. do so much in the community. And I mean, that's where people go to get help. And right. so it's great. It's great with that, that, that some work is, is we got more work to do, but we, but we see people are willing to learn and um, not to shame people. Right. Well, so you said, you know, if you could just think with your heart about this, because people, you know, you hear people say, why, why can't they just get over it or move on or right. they, you know, just cheer up or whatever. But it's, it's just, you know, I mean, sometimes people feel like they're just at a standstill and, and they just can't, can't get past it. And so what advice do you have for someone maybe that hasn't experienced as much, you know, mental health challenges or hasn't experienced substance abuse personally or abuse or whatever? I mean, how can we help support others? Well, it's just like you said, just said, Polly, um, drop down to your heart, drop down to your heart, be curious, be rather than judgmental, like we've talked about, you know, um, and just because you have not experienced something does not make it completely real for somebody else. I mean, think about it. Think about us. Um, like, um, you know, there are a lot of things that we haven't experienced that other people have. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting that we're not as, we're not as judgmental about, you know, somebody having diabetes or cancer but when we when we have mental health challenges, there is there tends to be more judgment um, somehow, and so um, or people saying I don't want any part of that or what you right, know. and I, maybe it's fear. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't know um, I don't, I don't know why you know um, I mean there are a lot of reasons like you know what we were just talking about. Um, it's not, it is not because people have bad behavior. So right. if we can get the education out to people, that it is not bad behavior. Okay. Um, and, and if being able to say what, what happened to you rather than what's wrong with you. I mean, right. that I is, how do too. It just is, it's simple. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be a clinician. You don't have to be a therapist to say, to be there with somebody because we're, we're not clinicians. You know, we are certified peer specialists. We don't, we don't do therapy. We don't, but we are there walking alongside someone. And, and what, what is, is shown that for one, because we have the lived experience, you know, that we can connect easy, but also if anyone that that lets the judgment go back drops to down to the heart you can be there for somebody you don't have to fix them we're not there to fix people it is just being there and what it, what yesterday was on a phone call with a with a peer that was was suffering you know she was she was really suffering because um she had she had has a lot of fear uh, about storms, and for good reason. She's been through some very traumatic stuff around storms, and so there was lightning and thunder, and it you know it was really scary. And so, I just said to her, "I'm here. 
Um, I'm going to take deep breaths. Would you like to take deep breaths with me? And I said, I'm, I'm going to do right now what is helps me, and I hope this helps you. Um, I'm just going to say a prayer right now. And I'm going to do deep breaths because deep breathing is uh, changes your mind, body, uh, spirit. Um, so if I'm in in an, in an agitated fight or flight, whatever it is, you know, um, and all people do this, not just people that have diagnosis. You know, I'm driving in the car and I get all, you know, mad. You know, if I could just calm down. What happens is the, the fight or flight gets you into the part of the brain that is illogical. It's just the survival mode. So this happens to every, you know, everybody around you, you know, it goes through this at times. So I think this is a tip that we all can take advantage of. Exactly. Exactly. So, so whether I'm anger, whether I'm in anger in fear, um, in anxiety, um, because what happens is it starts getting shortness of breath, the, the brain, the veins close, um, the heart, you know, starts pounding. Um, and then you start getting hormones, stress hormone. Then once I, if I start breathing deeper, just a little bit deeper, you know, a little bit deeper in and out, then what happens is the, the veins start increasing, the heart rate slows, the breath, blood pressure goes down and the good hormones start coming in. And then we go from the illogical, just uh, fight or flight part of the brain to the expansive part of the brain. And then we become, begin to say, oh, there are other options besides running this guy off the road who has cut, cut me off, you know, right? <laughs> we all right? We all feel that here in Atlanta I sometimes. Know, I know, exactly. And so... So if you were with someone that is having some type of challenge, um, breathe deeply. And all you really have to say is, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And then if somebody has had, uh, you know, extensive trauma, uh, their, their, uh, their therapist and, and support groups that deal with trauma, you know, you might suggest that, you know, if you know somebody that's been through, seems like they've been through some trauma, I mean, get to know them, obviously, you know, ask them, have you, have you tried any things, you know, or have you seen, have you seen other people or heard about other people doing things, you know, so, cause we don't want to tell people what to do, you know, right. and we want people to build their own, go into their own guidance of um, what do you think, would work. What is, what is it, what does it mean to you to have a better life? You know, and these, it's just really just being present with somebody. And, you know, and like I said, I had to be there yesterday. And so I was just, I, I said, I'm just here. And every once in a while, you know, I would just say, I'm just here breathing deep, deeply myself. I'm, I'm praying for, for peace that passes understanding uh, for you and for me. And, um, and then after a while, it took a while, but she, she was able to regain some calm and, um, and it wasn't because I fixed her. It just because it was because I stayed on the phone with her. That's really impactful. And, and, you know, just, I mean, kind of simple, but, but impactful and, and the way that you were there for her. Right. 
So you wrote a book that helps people understand, I mean, maybe um, let's make sure I have this right, that, that they can transform. Right. And talk a little bit about that book, because I think it's something that the listeners would be very interested in. In 2005, I really, I was vacuuming. <laughs> and it, I was vacuuming my living room. I remember it so well. And I really got an interior message that was illustrate the book. And I wasn't an artist. I had not done art since middle school. Sincerely, I was like, okay, I hear the message, call back later, wrong number. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So uh, I, I started to, this is all kind of hindsight too. I, on vacation, I started to draw. And uh, five years later, I got the same message again, illustrate the book. And so what I did was um, I was at a place where I'd been home with my kids for 16 years. And um, I had been in new early recovery. I have 23 years now, but I was in early, you know, early recovery and then um, and home with my three kids and got the message again. And the what I said was, I'm going to do this. I do not know how that I'm going to do this uh, because I really wasn't an artist. I didn't know any artist. I didn't know any editors. I didn't know any graphic designer. I just. But you had a calling. You had, had a calling. calling. Yeah, right. I I had a calling. That's what. That's cool. That's right. And so, um, what I began to do over the next um, couple of it took me it took me a year and a half to uh, illustrate the book because that was the message. Illustrate the book, and I found. So what's the book about? The book is is called Mia Inspired a Caterpillar at a Crossroads. And it was really Pam inspired Pam at a Crossroads. Um, And what I what I really look at at the book was I actually studied in Mexico. So I saw um, I have an MBA, too. And I I was part of my MBA was studying uh, international business um, in Mexico. And I saw the the monarch butterflies come in. Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Okay. So what I started looking at is um, the caterpillar has to eat one milk milkweed. All right. They just eat, eat milkweed. What I looked at is there are things in our life that we have to do. Not they don't, you don't understand it. I mean, like brushing and flossing your teeth, you know, since I went to, to the dentist this morning, uh, you know, though, things like that, you you wonder, you, I mean, it just, it's not like thrilling to do all of those things. But what the milk, what the milkweed does for the monarch butterfly, it it is a poison to other things that might eat the butterfly. So um, this was nature's way of protecting them, even though that's the only thing that they eat, you know. And um, then what I looked at is, you know, the, the butterfly goes into the cocoon. I mean, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and and her body completely changes, you know. And so it is, there was always there within me uh, for me to be this beautiful being, for you to be, Polly, this beautiful being. No matter what what we have gone through, no matter that we were on the ground in the dirt, there was inside of us 
all that we needed to, to become a beautiful new being, a new being, you know, the same, but a different, a, in a transformed uh, being. And, and then what, what she does is she's like, okay. And then she hears within, like, she's got to go to Mexico and she's like, what, wait, I'm just getting used to my body. I'm just getting used to this. What do you mean that I'm going to have to fly 2000 miles to the same trees, the same trees that she's never met, not just the same area, the same tree that her great, great grandparents were in. And so then all these other, other butterflies come and say, we're going to do this together. Don't worry. We're here together to do this. So they go, you know, uh, I think uh, now it's something like 300 million of them go to the exact same place in Mexico. Really what I realized when I was the caterpillar, I could only see the dirt right in front of me and just, just this. And then I wanted to, I wanted to see the world and it was always there within me that I would have the tools to literally my dreams were the the world was my oyster, you know, whatever it is that we're wanting to do. We have, we have it, we have it here. And, you know, it is, it has been such an honor. The, the, the book is, it's a, it, I call it an angel's picture book, but I see people and they write me and they say, my granddaughter learned how to read this book because I read it to her and now she's seven and she reads it to the other kids. It's just a blessing. It was just such a blessing to, and, and, and really it's about not only recovery, it's about life. You know, it's about life that we, no matter what we are going through, uh, we do have the tools to, to survive it. If we have, we connect with others. We talked about how that's so important. Oh and, you know, we're not on, a, we're not on the island by ourselves. We, we were not, you know, if we were, then that might be different, but we're here together. And so that we can, we can help one another. We can be there for one another. And there's something really beautiful about flying alongside, yeah. walking alongside uh, with somebody, right. uh, you know? So, yeah, that's, it's just been, it's, it's so, it's so cool because I had no idea that I could, that not only could I, was I an artist, but that it would bring me so much, uh, so much pleasure. And, and what so a gift and what a gift it is to people that find it and they see the transformation that they can go through. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and one thing a friend of mine said, Greta Counts, I was listening to her uh, podcast the other day about the time that we are in right now. Um, and that's, she said, right now we're at a tipping point in, with this racial, uh, you know, the all of this, this is coming up, murders of black people. Um, and she said, we, she is a, she's an African-American. And she said, we are at a tipping point. We are at a tipping point. And because, the trans we're ready for the transformation change. You can go back and you can go forth. You know, you might change back. She said, but we are ready for the transformation. The, the butterfly cannot change back to the caterpillar. And that is where we are because 
all people of all colors of all ages are are doing peaceful protests to say this is not okay. This is not okay, and that that gave me. I mean, it gives me chills just right now. Well, me too. And that was that is such a beautiful way to put it that it that the butterfly can't change back, and once you transform, your life changes. Exactly, and so. I, I want to give the kudos to Greta for that. Greta Count, she's an awesome coach. and uh, I'll put her uh, name in my show notes. You know, that was, that was a statement that was like, wow. And that we are at the tipping point for transformation in this country and in the world. Yes, that is beautiful. Pam, I say in my um, on my website and in my in the opening of my show that your past shapes you, but doesn't have to define you. And the work that you're doing is such an incredible illustration of that. Just the heart that you put behind um, helping people move their lives forward, transform their lives go through this recovery to be in a better place. Your work is really impactful and it's really meaningful and you are truly changing lives. Oh, sweet. That's sweet. Thank you. Thank you. If our listeners want to uh, reach out to you, um, how would they connect with you? If Yeah, sure. Um, so my email is pam at gmhcn.org. Um, I'm also on in Facebook, um, Pam Brooks Crump. I'm on um, Instagram and also Twitter. So um, I want for people who need mental health um, and substance use recovery to be able to get it, whether they have money or not. Um, it is a right. It is our. It is a right that you should be able to get recovery. That is a human right. That is not, oh, well, I have, you know, I don't have $30,000 a month to do it. So, you know, and I absolutely, you know, speak out about my recovery. I didn't for 17 years. Um, I grew up in 12 steps. I did not, you know, there's there's um, the principle of anonymity, which I think when it started was very valid. Um, But, you know, all of a sudden um, I was... I had a, a I had a company. I had a networking group. We were doing trainings from the fact that I, I was there because of recovery. I was teaching things because because of my recovery that I had learned. And so I finally came out and told them. And um, oh, it was such a big deal for me. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And they were like, I said, I've been in, in recovery seventeen years. And they were like, yay. <laughs> okay, what's next? And I was like, wait, y'all don't care? They're like, no. They're like, Pam, we love you for who you are. You know, so I think that, I think that sometimes, you know, the ego gets in the way and says, I mean, everybody has to choose what they want to do about that. But what I know to be true for me is that I want you to know that this is, this is the person that's in recovery. Because how can we break stigma if, if we always are hiding it, you know? I mean, this soccer mom, this Sunday school mom, this PTA mom, this person that had their own business, this person that wrote and illustrated a book, this person that has got a, you know, with a job that I love. You know, if I don't let people know that, how are they going to know? 
right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Pam, thank you so much for your message today. And I hope that it speaks to people's heart. And I hope that if it just means one person finds um, this show as a as you know a way to open a door for them to share their story, to reach out for help, to reach out to um, start their own transformation. Um, it was so well worth it. And so thank you for being on Stories Connect People podcast. Your story's been really great. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast. Good.